Welcome to the Multiply Your Success podcast, where each week we help growth-minded entrepreneurs and franchise leaders take the next step in their expansion journey. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team, and today's episode focuses on fractional franchise investing. And this is something that I've wondered about that our guest shares for many, many years in franchising. And our guest, Kenny Rose, talks with us about how he's built a company called Franshares that allows for small investors and large investors to become owners in franchises without necessarily having to operate those investments. Now, as a quick disclaimer, we're not endorsing this investment or their company. As of the recording of this podcast, our company and I, we're not investors in this company. And of course, you should always seek your own professional advice on investment options. But this topic is one that I've always wondered about if there might be a company that does something like this in franchising. And it's really exciting to hear what he has going on. Now, Kenny Rose is the Chicago-based founder and CEO of Franchares, which is a platform that democratizes franchise investing. With over a decade of experience in franchising, Kenny's worked with over 600 franchise brands in more than 100 industries. As an expert on franchise evaluation, he helps individuals identify best ways to deploy capital into franchise ownership to maximize return on their operations. He founded Franchares to allow individuals to invest in a diversified portfolio of franchises with as little as $500. Backed by Chicago Ventures, the platform is aimed at creating passive income streams for investors. He's a recognized expert and has been featured in various high-profile media outlets, including Forbes, Entrepreneur, Business Insider, ABC, American Express, The Hustle, Market Watch, and many others reaching an audience of more than 300 million people. So let's go ahead and jump right into my interview with Kenny Rose. Thanks for having me, Tom. My name is Kenny Rose. I'm the founder and CEO of Franchares. Right. Well, today is really to talk about Franchares and what it is and what you're doing. And so just as a starting point, let's talk about Franchares. What is it and what are you doing? So Franchares is the first platform where any investor can get into franchise ownership for as little as $500. They do so by investing in a portfolio of franchises alongside other investors. Everyone from your retail average Joe to accredited investors and all the way to institutional. And really the purpose of this is to bring back true owner operators to franchising. You know, I see, you know, I came from the brokerage side of the franchise world the last decade and I saw a lot of people who wanted to write a check, but then not actually do anything for the business. And as any business owner will tell you, that's how you destroy a business. And so there's the separation between where money comes from and who the true owner operators are. A lot of people, they're like, I will be in and out every single day and be passionate, enthusiastic about it. But they often don't have the capital to actually go and start a franchise. And so we separated owners, operators, and the capital by crowdfunding capital to fund these true owner operators to start or expand their franchises. I love the concept. Having been in franchising coming up on 20 years, having been involved with franchise sales, I've been a franchisee where I was that really absentee to semi-absentee owner and saw the difference with not having 
that vested owner operator in the operation, it was different. And seeing on that franchise development side and that franchise sales side where we've all had these candidates, if you have any sort of experience in it, and it really doesn't matter the industry where you have experienced people who have been managers or assistant managers or have kind of grown up in an industry, I think of food service and hospitality and others where they come up, they've got awesome experience, but they can't afford the $500,000 or $800,000 to get that restaurant up and running. So I think it's brilliant. I love what you're doing. I've always wondered if there'd be an opportunity or something like that. Number one, from the owner operator side. And then number two, from an investor side where you don't have to be an accredited investor to help support or get involved with these franchises. So what led you to kind of structure it in this way and kind of build it how you have? You know, I came up through, well, actually, it was kind of my whole career that led up to because originally I was a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch. So I had experience selling investment products to high net worth individuals. And then I found myself in the franchise world on the brokerage side. So I was helping place people into franchises who were looking to leave the corporate world. And, you know, I noticed that a lot of them would say like, hey, can I just like give you like 50 grand and you fund someone else? And, you know, just doing it one to one like that, you're basically creating a partnership and it brings a lot of liability for you, the franchisee, everyone versus when you're doing it as like an investment vehicle, you're able to then, you know, basically show like, hey, this is a bunch of people investing and it's going into multiple franchises. And, you know, I get asked a lot about like, hey, why don't you just do like one, you know, investing one franchise at a time. And and I think we'll get there eventually. But I realize that most people don't know anything about franchising. And so to just show them like, hey, here's one franchise, they don't really know what they're looking at. And so we started off with like a diversified portfolio. So you get into different industries, different brands and different geographies. So that way, it's, it's kind of like a mutual fund of franchises. And so you'll start seeing these come up in like different industry verticals, different specific geographies, like you know, I'm based in Chicago and, you know, I'm excited for the day where where I go eat, get my hair cut, go work out, get my oil changed are all things that I own a piece of. And so it's not like owning a share of Apple and going to the Apple store. Like there's a lot more going on and money gets chopped up a whole lot of ways versus, you know, going to eat at the McDonald's down the street. And it's like, OK, it's going through the expenses of that location and then gets paid out to investors and the owners. One of the things I would imagine would be happening for franchisors that may be listening in, I would think this would be almost like a holy grail for franchisors and franchise development professionals. So talk about how franchisors are able to get involved, if they're able to get involved, if there's a selection process. How does that all work? Great question. So it's funny, like, honestly, I don't think a franchisor has said no to us yet. (laughs) It's like you said, it's kind of like the holy grail. And that's why I spent a decade in the industry to bring them like, this is a big problem. And they're going to see that this is a need. We've had franchisors come from everything from emerging to some of the top 10 in the world, all the way to, you know, we're looking at like different industries that I mentioned before. And as far as how people can like get involved, like for one, I always say add me on LinkedIn and start chatting with me there. But in addition to that, if you go to franchares.com, we actually have a partners page because we're taking partners that are, you know, franchisees looking to get funded, franchisors looking to fund those franchisees, wealth managers and institutional capital that are looking for other types of investments. And so if you're a franchisor, you know, give us some like, very high level details like size of the brand, things like that. And then uh, honestly, I, I chat with them all one on one to get an understanding of like what their experience is, who they are, how they got here, and what their long term plans are, and see how we could be a part of that. As far as the selection process, 
you know, we like to take a step back and look at the industries first and see, you know, what industries have been growing and have a lot of long-term momentum. We like to look at things that are, you know, fairly Amazon proof, you know, what are they going to keep their hands out of? So you mentioned a lot, I mentioned a lot of service and food industries, because those are ones that Amazon's not coming into at all. And then we actually look at like the brands in those industries and see like, hey, you know, how do you stack up with other brands in there? Because you know, we're curators. So we don't want to just be like, hey, anyone who comes can go and list because then frankly, you're going to, I'd say there's over 4,000 brands, but that doesn't mean there's 4,000 good ones. And so we want to make sure that we're, you know, really bringing the best of the best on the platform there. So something that shows like good unit economics. I mean, a lot of things that you're going to be dealing with like traditional franchisees and what they're going to look into, what they like about it. But things that like we're going to look at outside of what a prospective franchisee would is, you know, how how many owner operators do you have? Like, who's actually in the business? Like, I've had brands say like, oh, we're all owner operators. Then you go talk to them. It's like, this guy lives in a different state. What the hell do you mean he's an owner operator? You know, another thing that we truly love, if possible, is having corporate stores involved. Not like a lot of franchises don't have any, if not a ton of corporate stores. But the reason we like this is that, you know, we're going to be working with like, your true owner operators are looking to expand. But where we see a ton of opportunity is those ones, like you said, that don't have any money. And they've just got all of the grit and all of the experience. I like to say, if you know, if you were like a Burger King GM for 10 years, and then you went to go try and be a McDonald's franchisee, they'd be like, well, you have everything we need, except for $1.5 in the bank. And so those are the ones that we really are excited about funding. And frankly, if you have corporate stores, it makes it even easier for us because... I like to say you've really got a franchisee farm where you know you can really grow these people that you have into GMs and you already have them. And there's ones where like, hey, they're probably out the door soon because there's no upward mobility. Well, we get to bring that ladder to them. And so then it's like, hey, it especially helps with your expansion. Like, so say you've got a bunch of corporate stores in Chicago, but you're like, hey, I really want to get to Phoenix. Well, I'm going to say, hey, pick your top three GMs. Ask them if they'd be willing to move to Phoenix to own three stores. And we want to fund them for that three-store development. Like every G- GM is going to say yes. It opens you to a new market. And not just a new market. It's a new market where you have the best possible franchisee starting that market because they've been in it already. And on top of that, we love to prioritize local ownership. So like investors that are in these areas where we're starting locations, they get first dibs on an investment. And so with that, when you're opening these new stores, it's not like one franchisee boots on the ground, like you typically have telling everyone to come to the store, be that main evangelist. You change it to having hundreds or thousands of boots on the ground. And all those people that invest in your locations, like say it's, uh, let's use the uh, the McDonald's example. If you invest in a McDonald's that's going there, you are never going to Burger King again, ever. And none of your friends you are ever going to let to go to a Burger King ever. You're going to suggest going to McDonald's more often than you would generally because you're a part owner in it. You know, it's it's like that Reddit versus Wall Street effect and the network aspect of it. So, you know, we're looking for ones that are really great at what they do, fast growing, and honestly ready for a lot of growth, which I'm sure ready for growth is every franchise. But, you know, there's ones who want to grow and ones who are ready for it. Well, we've talked some about the franchisee side, the franchisor side. Now let's talk about the investor side for someone who's investing, as you had mentioned, is starting investment at $500 on up to accredited investors or maybe large sum investments that are coming in. So how does that work for someone who says, well, I'm interested and I'm willing to give this a try. I'd like to put some money in to invest to help one of these budding entrepreneurs get going. They invest the money and then what happens? 
Yeah. Well, you know what? I even like to take it a step back before the investment because a lot of it happens before there. You know, I'm a big fan of education. I came from a good school. I was in financial services, but I didn't know anything about franchising when it was introduced to me. And most people don't. I mean, you've heard it a million times. And so I like people to understand franchising as a whole first. And so we do a lot of educational materials, research guides, so people can understand what the hell they're investing in. Because I find that's something that people haven't done in the past often. And once you like, get a general education on franchising, you create an account and you can actually learn about what the open offerings. And so what these franchises are, it's not a blind pool and, oh, let's see what happens, but go learn about the brands, their experience, the leadership, the franchisees that you're investing in, you know, understand all of that stuff. And then once you actually do invest, you're investing into a pooled portfolio. So, you know, it'll be multiple locations and multiple geographies to start. Eventually we'll get in those single geography ones. As the franchises perform, we pay quarterly dividends. And so investors get their pro rata share of that of that return. So say, you know, you, just to use round numbers, you invest 10% of the portfolio size, you're going to get 10% of those returns paid out to you in quarterly dividends. And so you get that dividend producing side, which investors really love because they're all looking for new streams of income, both because of like, uh, you know, increase in living costs, but also because they don't want to work forever. And when you go to retire, you know, Social Security does not allow you to maintain that lifestyle that you have you've had in the past. By stacking these different income streams, you can you know be a little more prepared for retirement, but also you know for your day to day life, being able to afford more things. In addition to the income side of it, you also have this equity growth. So we have different types of portfolios and will in the future where some of them are growth ones. So you're investing into new locations. Now, that's where you will see the biggest equity upside because you're building at cost. And as the business grows, it's worth more. However, some want more of like just an income investment. And so it's like, hey, this is already up and running. We're going to invest in it, but you're not going to see as much equity growth, but you'll see quicker income because it's already going. And frankly, you're paying a higher premium because they already built it. But in addition to that, once we eventually sell a portfolio, so goal being to sell every like you know seven to 10 years or so, you get your pro rata share of that sale price. So again, going back to the example, if you own 10% of the portfolio, you're getting 10% of that share price there, or the sale price, I should say. Interesting. Now, for that owner-operator, for the franchisee in this scenario, how does that work for them? Do they get a piece of ownership as part of that process? What do they end up with as part of the deal? Yeah, so every deal is going to be a little different depending on like what they have and what they're trying to do. So like if you already own a few locations and we're helping you build the next five, it's going to look a little different than if you're doing like what I call the Chick-fil-A style of ownership and you're coming in with little to no money and we're doing we're you know putting in everything for you. You know, a lot of times it'll do kind of like a waterfall and so we help investors recoup their capital faster also because it's more risky at the beginning and so it'll be something like a 75-25% split of the income that's going, you know, 75 going back to the investors until they recoup that total investment. And it'll go more to like a 50-50 share until we basically get a certain type of return for them. And then it'll be 25% in perpetuity for the investors uh, until we eventually exit a portfolio. So you still maintain that equity side. You know, the level of payout is going to switch because frankly, we want franchisees who are, we're not taking advantage of them. We want them to be equity owners. We want them to really make substantial capital and be able to grow. Like we don't want to do one location with each franchisee. We want to help scale them and build them. And that's also why we've got advisors everywhere from like 
franchise investment banking all the way to major franchisees that have over 400 locations is that we want to have these different ways to help support you and how you grow over time. And, you know, as I really thought about this, I was thinking about what franchisees like, what they don't like, problems they have, solutions offered out there. And, you know, when you look at traditional, you get a bank loan, you're basically paying interest and they're very high payments and that's it. Like that's all they, they give you the capital and fear for your life. And so for us, like, you know, it's not, here's your payment that's due every month. It's, you know, we're partners with you. We're growing with you at the same rate you are. And in addition, you know, franchisees, they want to run the business. There's a lot of other parts of it that you're required as a franchisee to do, but are very difficult and they don't come up all the time. Like it's site selection, the permitting process, construction management, how you get insurance for the business. There's a lot of things out there where like, if you're a thousand person company, you got great platforms out there for you, but they're not built for small franchisees versus we have subscriptions for this that we then end up sharing with franchisees or give significant discounts for. And it's something that franchisors can't do or else it gets too close to like joint employer law. But we're partners with them. We can give them all the support we want. We're helping to support them by offering all these different areas as well. But then even taking it a step further, and looking at the employees themselves, you know, employees and franchise, they're often getting minimum wage and there's no upward mobility. And so that's why you see a ton of turnover in the franchise space. So how do you reduce that? Well, again, it's something Chick-fil-A figured out and something that we replicate for other brands, which is there's a ladder now. You can start at a, as a minimum wage employee and work your way up to become a general manager and then eventually an owner because we're going to fund you. But in addition to that, it's everything before then. So when you're minimum wage employee, oftentimes it's how do I get insurance, auto insurance, health? How do I save for retirement? What if I have an emergency expense? And so again, a lot of platforms out there that can help with these things, but they're, they don't really cater to the smallest of businesses. So we end up bringing these opportunities to franchisees so they can offer benefits for their employees. Now, when you can offer benefits for employees, you have better quality employees coming to you and they're staying for longer because they're not getting these things other places. And so that's what's going to keep better people there for longer term. And in, in essence, that's going to increase returns, better operations, lower turnover. And so we're trying to look at like the full life of the business and how we can help because it starts with the money, but it doesn't end there. And that's what banks have always thought it has. But it's like, no, I want to support you throughout your entire operation because we're partners with you. I really like what you described, especially for those employees that are either working at a franchisee location or working at a corporate location. They now can see an actual pathway and provides to these franchisees and to the franchisor what I've always encouraged our clients to do, which is build this employee to franchisee pathway to make it a clear path for them to say, here's where I can start, but here's where I can go if I work hard and put the time in. And what I've seen for companies that Im implement these kinds of programs, and I'm sure you have as well, it doesn't take as long as someone might normally think to rise up quickly to become a star and kind of be viewed or recognized or maybe tapped as the next in line or getting in line for that. It it happens much more quickly than I think people think. Oh, yeah. Well, they they just don't care to listen or look at them. And honestly, I think if you don't give people opportunity, you don't give them a chance to rise. And so we want to give opportunities so people can prove themselves and work their way up because 
You know, honestly, I, I like to, I've always said like, hey, five years, anyone working in a franchise could probably run it by then. It's actually realistically probably less, but I like to say it as a safe thing. And so it's like, yeah, you've got all the people you need to help continue to scale this business. They just lack funds. You know, as a franchisor, it's a real gray area slash impossible to fund them. You know, that's where like we like to create this opportunity for them. And I love that you call it employee to franchisee path. I just, I've been called the latter. I think that resonates a lot more, especially with a lot of people, to be honest. So yeah, no, we're excited to really create this ladder for people. How can someone learn more about what you're doing, reach out to gather the info or get involved? What's the next step they can take? Go to franchares.com and it's like shares of franchises. Also add me on LinkedIn. My name's Kenny Rose. Rose felt like the flower. Yeah, start the conversation and you never know where it could go. Love it. Well, this is a great time in the show where we transition and we ask every guest the same four questions before they go. And the first question we'd like to ask is, have you had a miss or two on your journey and something you've learned from it? You know, a miss, man, honestly, it was with a, a vendor I worked with very early on. That was a technology one. And honestly, I think we just raised our venture funding. And, you know, I was new to being a founder of a tech company and signed a contract without having the legal team review. And I ended up paying for it dearly. Just a lot of over-promising, under-delivering, and not a not a lot of action I could take from it. And so, you know, I learned that, like, don't take people's word for it. Verify everything and always have legal take a second and third peek at it. Great advice there, certainly. Well, let's talk about a make or two you'd like to share. You know, make was actually getting my funding for the company because I had this idea seven or eight years ago. I built another brokerage before I actually went and launched it. And then actually it was when the pandemic hit and I read an article, people were gambling on the stock market because sports weren't on. And I was like, oh, investing doesn't make sense anymore. It's time for this. I've got everything together. And then I was like, all right, time to go fundraise. And it's amazing how much venture investors don't really like that F word that is franchising. And so I reached out to probably 400 of them, maybe got three responses back. And even then I was like, ah, cool idea. Maybe talk to us later. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go prove it. And so I started networking with people I knew and online. And I was like, I'm going to go raise from angel investors to start. And I ended up raising almost 600,000 in like three weeks. Then I went back to all the venture comp- venture funds and said, hey, I've got money in the bank. I'm ready to roll. And just had to keep working my way there, but eventually raised our full pre-seed round for the company, which is a little over one and a half million. And so it was a lot of beating my head against the wall, but we got there. <laughs> Amazing. Well, let's talk about a multiplier that you've used to grow yourself or your business. Yeah, it's funny. Some people won't like this, but it's higher slow. I've uh, I've heard a lot of people say hire fast, fire fast, and I couldn't disagree more. You know, my very first hire for the company, I could not have done, I couldn't have gotten a better person, but it took me like five months or so, maybe even longer. You know, I was like, oh, I can keep building stuff while I look for them. I had like a thousand applications for it. You know, people saw that we were funded and stuff. And I was just like, I it, it can't be a, oh yeah, good. Or they, sh- they could probably do it. It's got to be a burning. This is the person for the job. And I ended up hiring a recruiter because I still couldn't find that person, even out of all those applications, interviews I did. And then the recruiter brought me a couple people. And then I met Brandon, our first hire. And this guy is just an absolute machine and like best marketer I could possibly imagine working with. And so I learned like, okay, you need to be very careful with who you hire and just take your time. And even when we've been hiring lately, you know, we talk with the team and we'll have conversation and it's like, I don't know. And then I'm like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And so, you know, we literally passed on candidates in the last rounds because it just wasn't a hell yes. And then 
after we did that, brought on the next people and it was like, oh, hell yeah, there we go. And so we've got an amazing team that's just done incredible for, honestly, a few of us there are. VCs are like baffled by what we've done with, like now we're at five people. And uh, there's like, I don't know how you do this. And I'm like, I hired very slowly. You know, that's what I recommend people is just like, I know it's really tempting to jump on, oh, they they check all the boxes, but it's like, yeah, they can check boxes, but are they the person? You know, if it's not the person, start over because it's a lot more expensive and frustrating to hire the wrong person. And the multiplier you get from hiring the right people is just, it's so hard to actually quantify. Great advice there. And the final question we ask every guest, Kenny, is what does success mean to you? Oh man, a lot of ways to define it. You know, it's funny because like, I like to tell people I'm the least greedy founder ever. Like I don't care about being a billionaire or anything. I, I'm here to build something good for everyone. I find, you know, it's one of those all boats rise to the tide thing. But so like success to me is a bit, you know, something I really saw for where I see this business going is that, you know, eventually I want you to be able to like walk into a Jimmy John's that you're going to and you'll see a QR code on the counter there. So own a piece of this business. You can scan it and invest in shares of that franchise you're standing in. That's success to me. I can't wait for that day. And it's really going to put the tangibility of what local local business ownership is and local investing is. So like that's success to me when I can do that. Hearing you say that spurred a thought, thinking of that QR code sitting at that local Jimmy John's or local whichever franchise it might be. And it makes me think about maybe an employee who's there. If the minimum buy-in, as you said, is $500, Someone who's even a part-time employee might decide, you know, I'm going to save a little from each of my paychecks for the next little bit. And now they know they own a part of that. And you can literally, as that owner, now create this version of shared ownership with your staff and with yep. your employees as a benefit. So it's it's, actually, it's beautiful. It's actually in the pipeline for us. Uh, instead of a 401k, 401 Fran. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want people working there and owning it to own a piece of it because- Frankly, everything will go so much smoother and better. Brilliant. Well, as we bring this to a close, Kenny, is there anything you were hoping to share or get across that you haven't had a chance to yet? No, honestly, just go check us out, learn something new, and hope to see you in an offering one day, hopefully. Kenny, thank you so much for a fantastic interview. And let's go ahead and jump into today's three key takeaways. So takeaway number one is when Kenny just talked in general about franchises and that any investor can get into the franchise investment with just $500. So it really becomes accessible to literally just about anyone. Takeaway number two is the way the model's set up with the franchisee is it provides a waterfall investment for that franchisee. So in the beginning, he described for a franchisee, if the investors might own 75% of the franchise and the operator owns 25%, and then eventually it swaps and it phases out where the investors eventually are bought out of their investment to own 25%, and then the operator will own 75%. So I love, again, how this is providing to a potential great operator that maybe doesn't have the financial resources to open and operate a franchise to pair together with franchairs. Takeaway number three is when Kenny shared his multiplier and he said, fire fast and hire slow. And he said, if it's not a heck yes, then it's a no when hiring someone. And I thought that was just a great takeaway. If it's not heck yes, then maybe you should find another candidate for that position. 
And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win is when Kenny shared what success means to him. And one of those things that he said was that now with franchise, a franchisee's employees can own a piece of the franchise company that they're working for. So if you're a franchisee out there or that's part of this franchise system over time, your employees could literally buy a part of the business and then share in the dividends that come through that investment. And to me, that's a beautiful thing that brings it full circle to have some level of ownership from the franchisee to the investors, all the way down to a full-time or a part-time employee could be able to become a part of this. So I thought that's just a phenomenal, phenomenal win-win. And that's the episode today, folks. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. And remember, if you or anyone you know might be ready to franchise their business or take their franchise company to the next level, please connect with us at BigSkyFranchiseTeam.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you back next week. 